The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. So we just came back from the White House. I thought the meeting was productive. Um, I thought it was more productive than the other meetings we had, but we still have differences. That was Kevin McCarthy, U.S. House Speaker, sounding a note of optimism amid bitter negotiations with U.S. President Biden over raising the debt ceiling. The showdown and what it means for the rest of the world is the focus of this week's Views Room. Welcome back to the Views Room, a podcast from Reuters Breaking Views, where columnists from around the world talk about the big stories of the week. I'm your host, Amy Donlan. The U.S. is edging dangerously close to defaulting on its debts. In just a week, the world's largest economy could run out of money unless Republicans and Democrats can come to a compromise on borrowing and spending. Here to talk to me about this tense and fascinating situation is Ben Wink, our U.S. economics guru who is based in Washington, D.C. Ben, you are very welcome to the Views Room. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. Problem. So, Ben, I mean, in my in my lifetime, I have definitely seen this situation, I feel, play out before. A big, tense, you know, showdown, 11th hour deal. What do you think is different about this situation that we're seeing now with this negotiation over the debt ceiling? Yes, yeah, so there are a few things that that make this one really stand out. I'd say, first off, just look at the makeup of Congress. Um, Republicans hold just a four seat advantage in the House of Representatives. And then uh, Democrats have just a uh, one seat advantage of 51 seats to Republicans, 49 seats in the Senate. So to pass any kind of deal, compromise is necessary. And that's something that in this environment, with just how US politics are nowadays, that's very hard to reach. Um, You've got Republicans wanting to cut spending and they're pointing at inflation. And, and yes, inflation is really high. Cutting spending, slowing down the economy that way. You know, they probably have some kind of effect on cooling inflation. But Democrats famously you know, don't want to cut spending and instead they want to solve this um, with higher taxes. So there were just there's plenty of headbutting on that front. And to pass any kind of deal, you're going to have to have uh, some kind of compromise that both parties are probably not happy with, but are, are decently OK with. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, over the decades and decades that we've been having these battles, uh, each one, it seems, comes more down to the wire than the last. And so back in you know, 2011, that was when we had the last you know, really close call with uh, coming close to default. We had a market reaction um, to this idea that there wouldn't be a deal. And that really spurred lawmakers to speed up talks and, and come to come sign some kind of compromise. We haven't really had that this time. Um, markets generally, they aren't freaking out yet. They still expect a deal to come through, even though we only have a few days left to to you know reach an agreement. So without that kind of warning sign, lawmakers aren't feeling as much pressure to to speed up negotiations. And do you get the sense at this point that there is a likely I mean, winner is hard in a compromise, but one that's likely to give more than the other. So, I mean, you've got Joe Biden on the one side, the president of, of America, who is, I suppose, battling Kevin McCarthy, who is the, the leader of the House and, and very much representing what the, the Republicans want. But it, it does seem like there's there's quite big splits even in those two sides, right? 
Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's a tough thing to argue, you know, is there a winner or a loser? Because really, in, at, right now, without a deal, uh, you know, on the horizon um, or, you know, them still going into talks and, and not making much progress, everyone's a loser at this moment. Um, but I'd say McCarthy is probably coming out a slight winner uh, for, for weeks and weeks. President Biden has gone out and said, we're not going to negotiate on the debt ceiling. We can talk about spending, but that's going to be separate. And really, that just ended up being kind of a semantics uh, argument. Um, he is he's now been negotiating on the debt ceiling and you know, spending um, as well for uh, several days. Um, you know, McCarthy's team and Biden's team, they've been in talks now almost every day for the past several days, just trying to come to some kind of agreement. And it looks as though the White House is open to freezing spending for at least two years at uh, current levels. They are they're shown some openness to um, strengthening work requirements for some social safety net programs, so making them a little less accessible and, and saving some money that way. Um, and those are all things that Republicans really want to see. And and as we've seen over the past few days. Republicans are now going in and they're trying to push for uh, longer spending caps and some stricter work requirements. Um, and you're just not seeing the kinds of uh, the push for higher taxes, for example, um, from the White House. That really is the kind of thing that Democrats tend to support far more than uh, cuts to spending. And I mean, you mentioned, obviously, that the investors seem to be quite calm about what's going on. They, you know, I, I assume they're thinking that there's going to be a deal that will be struck. What happens if there is no deal? It's it's a great question, one that I think a lot of people will just dismiss as, you know, oh, it's catastrophic and, and we'll have a recession. And, and yes, that's that's all very likely um, and, and probably true. But as far as what actually happens in markets, um, you know, what's what's most likely is the cost of money just shoots substantially higher because for the U.S. government, if they default, that means it's just going to make it so much more expensive for them to borrow because investors are going to want a greater return on their treasury bonds because all of a sudden they're not as safe. They're not the kind of safe haven asset that they are thought to be. Now, as Treasury yields go up and as those borrowing costs climb, that means uh, all sorts of, of borrowing costs are going are gonna to rise across the U.S. and really across the world because Treasuries are that, that benchmark asset and, uh, and, and benchmark borrowing rate. Um, interestingly, there's also this idea that almost uh, ironically, Treasuries, Treasury prices uh, could rise and, and yields could fall because in the event of a default, people are going to flock to treasuries anyway because there is no safer asset still. Um, and and really, you know, it just gets to the point that we don't know. This hasn't happened before. We really don't know exactly what's going to happen. You might have four sellers of treasuries on one end because all of a sudden they aren't 100% safe. And on the other end, you might have people um, flooding the market and trying to pick up treasuries because they think, oh, a deal will be reached. We'll get payment maybe a bit late. Um, and this is the safest asset we still have available. So, you know, as far as the treasury market goes, it's a bit of a toss up. Um, but just all the uncertainty and um, and the fact that this is a, a fairly unprecedented um, crisis, if we do end up uh, defaulting on, on our debts, then you'd imagine that would knock the stock market fairly hard. I've seen estimates of, of a drop of 20 to 30 percent. Uh, over just a few days. So 
you know, fingers crossed, we don't have to figure out what exactly does happen. And I mean, just going back to your point there about, you know, obviously that U.S. Treasuries are this safe haven. What are the countries that, you know, that have basically have invested the, you know, the most in U.S. Treasuries? Who, who are the ones that stand to lose, I suppose, most out of this situation kind of not going the way that the market kind of is expecting? Yeah, it's it's Japan. Um, I think they're the, the largest holder of, of U.S. Treasuries. China as well. Um, and, and really, you know, those are the, the largest holders. But all around the world, countries rely on U.S. Treasury debt. I mean, the there really isn't an alternative to U.S. Treasury bonds as far as just how large the sovereign debt market is uh, in any other country. So I think uh, combined with all of the uh, G7 countries, the U.S. is still the largest uh, issuer of, of sovereign debt. So, you know, there's there might be interest in in piling into another country's bonds um, if if that country is perceived to be safer, more likely to to pay interest and make those payments on time than the U.S. But the problem is there's just not enough of a market outside the U.S. Um, the U.S. just issues so much more debt than every other country that um, there really isn't an alternative to that to the treasury market. And so for countries like Japan and China that really have invested quite a bit in uh, the U.S. government's bonds, it might just make the most sense for them to to hurry up and wait um, and, and see if there's a deal even after we cross that that June 1st deadline that the Treasury has, has uh, hinted at, because, you know, hopefully they're, they're, a deal emerges then and they still get some pay, their payments just uh, maybe a bit late because otherwise there just isn't really a, a place to, or a market to turn to. And we are, obviously the U.S. has an election coming up. I mean, does this, again, does this make it harder if Joe Biden does actually breach that June 1st and, and there is a default? Do you think that that damages his prospects or, I don't know, does it help that they call the bluff of the Republicans? How do you kind of see that? I think it hurts everybody. I mean, the obviously with with Biden being in the White House um, and and really being you know, the, the leader of the country, that's it's it's certainly going to hurt his chances. Um, but also, Kevin McCarthy has so far been been extracting some concessions from the White House. And and if for some reason um, that doesn't work out and they aren't able to come to a deal, that's going to hurt him and and the Republican Party more broadly as well, just because this if we do cross that deadline it hurts everybody i mean social security payments could go out late um social safety net programs could be uh, those those payments could be paused and so it's not like democrats or republicans or voters are are you know one party is going to hurt more than the other um i think everyone's going to assign blame to to as many people as they can um the the only other thing i'd add as far as kind of thinking about the election uh, schedule or the, that calendar is you know, Biden's going to want to get a, a, a debt limit extension uh, that goes past the election day, uh, just because you don't want to have to deal with this even closer to election day, um, November of, of 2024. And so because of that, again, that just gives McCarthy a bit more uh, room to to maneuver and, and extract some more from the White House because uh, you know they're going to want that longer extension and Republicans are they that's something that uh, they can work with and then maybe get a little bit more as far as spending cuts or, or uh, you know work requirements. Wow. 
Very interesting. Yeah, it doesn't sound like there are too many winners in this, uh, but we'll be watching closely next week. Thank you very much for that, Ben. It was very interesting. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was produced by Oliver Tashtich in London. Subscribe to The Views Room and our sister podcast, The Exchange, on Apple Podcasts, Megaphone, or wherever you like to listen. I'm Kim Vanell. Join me every morning for a roundup of what's happening at home and around the world. From the front line in Ukraine. Extraordinary how these people adjust and uh, even laugh when you take cover. To the heart of US politics. When Trump said that he expected to be arrested, it seems like he was trying to get ahead of the story. We bring you everything you need to know in 10 minutes. For your essential daily briefing, follow Reuters World News wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.